1: Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast the video version. This is John Borton with you today. And of course, our great Tuesday guest, uh, resident of East Lansing, Michigan, but uh, all Michigan all the time, Tom Crawford. Tom, welcome back to the podcast.
2: Well, I, I like I said, I, I don't think I've ever, ever looked forward to a, a podcast on thewolverine.com with John Borton ever in my life. As long as we've been doing this, as I am right now, this is a sweet redemption for the Michigan football program. What a glorious day that was at the corner of Stadium and Main. I know you were as you were keyboarding away; uh, that you couldn't get that smile off your face. I saw it there, JB. I saw it. <laughs>
1: That was just a, that was just a look of focus, but uh, oh yeah, right. You know, I, yes. I um gonna I was gonna ask you what's new, but the answer is obviously a win, a dominant, physical, uh, decisive win over Ohio State, a berth in the Big Ten championship game, possible playoffs. Uh, kind of what a week for Michigan followers. It's like uh, they're they're just reveling in this. And not, almost not able to grasp that what happened happened.
2: You know, I, I think the biggest testimony. I've had a lot of outreach from Michigan State people, a few coaches, um, friends of mine, the athletic department, uh, diehard fans of Sparty, uh, donors. They reach out to me. You know, Tom, you've put up with a lot of. You people in your Michigan have put up a lot of crap. You deserve this day. Uh, and and I, and I it, it was a redemption thing, and the the eight year you know misery with Ohio State, um, having your program but you know mocked by the Paul Feinbaum's of the world, uh, week in week out. Uh, we've been frustrated ourselves, with the stats of the program last year, and and it's just it all came to an end. I mean, and and it was the way they did it, John. Just that, and I go back to the '60s and obviously into the '70s when it was. You know, physicality determined the outcome. The offensive line determined the outcome. The enthusiasm of the crowd against Ohio State determined the outcome. And 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 not being bullied and actually being the bully for Michigan was the bully in the in the in the bull ring, including the tunnel as we saw. That was just a, um, the antithesis of what we've been seeing the last eight years and, and plus, fifteen out of sixteen, quite frankly, and so all that added together made it um, maybe my finest moment at Michigan stadium that I've ever witnessed. And I, and I, and I've had a lot of great moments down there um, as a fan and even, you know, in the media thing I've been doing the last 20 years. Um, it, this one's at the top of the heap. There's no question in my mind.
1: It's pretty amazing. Let me, let me throw something at you and have you respond to it because in my mind, this game was the culmination of a lot of things that we talked about that had to be for Michigan to win this game. And beyond that, uh, some of the fulfillment of, of what was hoped and projected and you know, postulated even before the season started. Start with the game. You've got, uh, you've got a Michigan team that shortened that game in many ways, made Ohio State go the long way took time off the clock because it had an effective rushing game, short passing game, those sorts of things, and really limited uh, Ohio State's opportunities on offense, so they, they weren't going to get to uh, 50, 60 points. There was just no chance because of that, that defense. You had an offensive line play. It's the best game of the year, and not just in opening those holes, but in, uh, I tell you what, you, you know uh, guys like Doug Skeen and John Jansen as well as I do, and uh, they have not always been happy that, that Michigan offensive linemen of late haven't uh, asserted themselves when liberties are taken. You get Cam Brown ripping the helmet off, and all of a sudden, here comes Vastardis. Here comes Keegan. Here comes Stuber. And they're backing him down like a, a herd yeah. of elephants. And yeah. All of those things. And and the other thing, before the season started, what did we say? Mike McDonald needs to have a better plan against Ohio State defensively than we have seen lately. And all of that played out.
2: Well, it's that commitment to Ohio State. We heard it at Big Ten Media Days. They were committed early on. What, What are we doing today to beat Ohio State? But as I was complaining about last year and the years prior, the running game, lack of running game a- against good defenses. And, and I, I think I exemplified countless times the 2019 game when Ohio State needed four yards and J.K. Dobbins up the middle and they got four yards and they got six yards. And this is what I fantasized about Michigan having when he needed to run the football. They know you're going to run the football. You run the football and you get a first down. That's what's been missing from the program. And and Mike Hart's impact has got to be part of it. And obviously, Sharon Moore in that offensive line. Good lord, they were good. They were good. Even non-technical football people could watch what was happening on that line and know. And they just knew you could tell execution was being executed by the executioners, as Bob Eufer would say. (laughs) I mean, they just got it done. I I we could go on and on and on about all the all the check marks that were that were uh, checked off, uh, culminated with finally on that field. uh, This goes back to 1977 when I was in school. I don't even remember since that time. There's probably been some times that that maybe, I guess they maybe went in 1997, I guess they did, but very few times since 77 when I was a student, everybody went on the field. And that was when it was a lower field, and it was just that's what you did after beating Ohio State. And to see that where we were up in that vantage point, where you and I were taking video and pictures, pour onto the field. And as Jim Harbaugh said, the field was filled, but the stands were still filled. That was an incredible, incredible sight. That's a picture that's got to be down here in my my man cave. That that was an amazing visual for all of us.
1: That's an amazing visual for... Uh, not only Michigan fans that participated in it, those that watched on television, every single recruit that uh, comes uh, down the pike and sees that and, and thinks, oh, I, yeah, I wouldn't mind being a part of that. Um, yeah. How about a little tip of the cap to Cade McNamara and maybe a, a bit of a Mia culpa from some because all year long, or at least the first half of the year, he heard about, oh, it's got to be J.J. It's going to be J.J. but by the time Ohio State rolls around. And, yes, Cade made the big mistake early, throwing into coverage over the middle, and it was that uh uh-oh moment for everybody. And uh, instead of Michigan being up 14-0, Michigan actually got behind. But uh, as observations were made on on McNamara, he walks off the field – Just like he did when he took the big hit at Penn State and fumbled. uh, No fault of his own, really, because it was a total blindside uh, hit job on that one. But, you know, the kid never changed his expression. He never changed his focus. He never got discouraged or frustrated or anything like that. He just stayed with it and played a heck of a game and... They continue to mix in J.J. McCarthy. He drops a, a really nice sideline pass when they, he's coming in. They expect him to run. I think that these, these coaches have done a nice job of balancing that and, and getting the true freshman uh, a, a good taste of action and yet going with the guy that has got you on the verge of a Big Ten championship.
2: Yeah, all all incredible points, John. You know, and I, I agree with you. I mean, our our heads all everybody's head dropped when when Kay threw that interception because it was a it was really a bad throw, a bad read. But he bounced back. You know, he reminds me uh, mentally resilient wise of another Michigan quarterback named John Navarre, who had who would have those kind of moments, especially early on, and would bounce back from them. That take, I mean, that takes an incredible gene in your brain that you can forget then, you know, those negative – get those negative things out of your mind and move forward. But he was brilliant. You know, I said last week in the podcast, I said, you know, Michigan beats Ohio State without chunk plays because they, you don't want to have explosive – you know, not when I say not chunk – play, I mean, not big explosive plays. You want to be a little methodical going down the field. And Kay McNamara is a perfect methodical quarterback uh, navigating his team down the field, making those third-down conversions. He he was brilliant. I will say that. He was brilliant. I think JJ is an uh, a very vital blend in that. Uh two, you know, two quarterback system, if you will. Obviously, one more prominent than the other in terms of a number of snaps. But uh I, I think this is gonna work. I don't know how it's gonna work next year, but I don't care because I just care about this year. But uh I, I like the situation at quarterback. That's the least of Michigan's worries right now, is the situation at quarterback.
1: You mentioned John Navarre. I'm seeing a little bit of '97 uh, Brian Greasy.
0: Yeah, in, that too.
1: And uh, McNamara. And you know, you're talking the game manager thing. And uh, but can unload a really nice ball downfield on occasion. He certainly did that with uh, Cornelius Johnson on that oh, one throw and beautiful uh, pass. just, just, just uh, exemplary. And so now, obviously. Uh the celebration's over. It's time yeah, really. for Iowa. And uh I I like the matchup. I uh I, I have great respect for Kurt Ferrance. I think he's uh puts together very fundamentally sound teams. This team plays defense, but it is offensively challenged and probably not going to be too mobile at quarterback. We're hearing, you know, they're waffling between quarterbacks but uh I, I would think that uh guys like Aiden Hutchinson uh are just kind of licking their chops at uh at this opportunity
2: yeah Alex Padilla doesn't exactly make everybody in their boots but you know I you know you're right about Kirk Ferentz and I have an incredible amount of respect for him he's the dean of all of college football coaching and he's as old as I am uh if not old maybe you're older I mean he's He's an amazing coach. He gets so much out of his team. You know they had. You know when you watch them offensively, though, it's like wow. You kind of lick your chops for this Michigan defense. I will say that. And I'm not getting overly confident about this game. And I'm sure the Michigan football program is not. And they've put this Ohio State win as emotional as it was. You got to let that get behind you. But you know Tyler Goodson at running back. I mean they just don't have that those scary uh, quote unquote skilled players that Ohio State has. Um, that you know that you worry about big plays happening. Yet, great on special teams, uh, juggernaut defense. Michigan's rushing game will be tested. That offensive line has to duplicate what they did against Ohio State, maybe even more, because this Iowa defense is better than the Ohio State defense, uh, which was I don't know, ranked 30th or 40th. I mean, not that high, highly ranked. Um, so, I uh, you know, am I concerned about Saturday? Hell yeah. Why? Because so much is at stake, John. The Big Ten Championship is there to grab. It's so close. That's what you want, the CFP. And so a lot of pressure on Michigan, and they got to get this uh, Ohio State win uh, behind them and totally forget about it.
1: No question. Uh, Just a couple of quick things on what you think are the key elements that Michigan needs to do well. We talked all about it with Ohio State. Talk about it with Iowa, and it might be some of the same things. But uh, what does what does Michigan need to do really well in what areas to uh, to make sure that this one is the
2: possible two score or more win that some
1: people are talking about?
2: Yeah, you want a, we want a nice, comfy win, so we don't go through any anxiety. Um, I would say, uh, you know, taking care of the football. Don't turn the football over. I mean, once again. Iowa is opportunistic. Their DBs create – they hit hard, their corners. Uh, and, and so Michigan's receivers have got to, you know, secure the ball um, after, you know, after a catch. They can't turn the ball. If Michigan does not turn the ball over in this game, which I know that's a lot to ask. The, the, I mean, the, the, the percentage, you know, percentage uh, chances of winning this game go, just go shoot right up. The other thing is, is special teams. Iowa blocks punts. They do – a lot of stuff that other teams uh, don't, they're very non-conventional in that. They're compensating somewhat for their, you know, you know, offense that literally can't move across the street sometimes, My, you know, and so um, just, you know, ball preservation, security, whatever you want to call it, that's number one, and continue to run the football and have that balance. You know, you know a lot of the experts have talked about Michigan, John, as a com- the most complete team in college football, even more so than Georgia and even though Georgia has got 11 five stars on defense they are not as complete in terms of offense defense as Michigan is so they just got to they just got to do it all oh, offense defense special teams and hopefully a great crowd support i know they will i will bring will bring their fans uh it's going to be a great environment and fyi john i'm going fan this game i'm going fan i've got to be in the stands I've got to be down there, and I got a friend, of my, a fraternity brother of mine, who's a big time donor. He's got great seats down there, right in the middle of the section, down low. I'm going fan, and I cannot wait. <laughs> well,
1: you're you're wholly invested. I, I like that. I, I, it's good that you've uh, got connections and are going to have a uh, a bird's eye view of things. You know, you right. mentioned a lot of things about offense, and and um, in this game, my thing is. Uh, you looked at what Michigan did defensively against Ohio State. Ohio State didn't turn the ball over, and still right. only scored twenty-seven right. points. I call right. it. I, I, I mean, I, I say only twenty-seven because they're they're averaging forty-seven a game. Yeah, that's just, yeah. that's a defensive effort. I would. I think it's it's huge that the defense uh, really dominates an offense that's nowhere near as explosive as what Ohio State was able to throw at them and creates a turnover or two along the way, maybe early on in this game.
2: No, I, I agree, and that's a field position. I mean, Iowa, when the, they, they score when they have the short field, you know, when their opportunistic team does serve something up. They, that you know, they've scored. And, yeah, they're a good team. I mean, they were, as Harbaugh was talking about yesterday, they were number two in the nation at one time, and they they beat Nebraska like, all the teams in the in the Big Ten have beaten Nebraska. They just find a way to get by Nebraska because Nebraska ultimately makes a mistake to screw it up, uh, even though they outplay a the team and then they lose the game. Um, so um, you know, I watched the the replay of that, and yeah, it's field position. If Michigan can get some three and outs early on and really, really uh take the life out of that offense. And and then if Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo can do what they did, especially Aiden that guy was amazing. I mean, I don't I don't remember a, def, a defensive performance like that at in at, at Michigan Stadium ever that was more glaring than what Aiden Hutchinson did. Have you in all the years you covered Michigan wanted to stand out like that? There was well, a to everybody do.
1: I, I would say there's, uh, you, you got to throw a, a little Charles Woodson in there a couple I know, of but times.
2: It, I know, but in that, yeah, I know, I get that, I understand that, uh, and, and he was like good, he was glaringly good every game, but I mean, that really, I mean, I don't know, it was just the way he oh, played hey, a full no game.
1: Doubt. No doubt, that he, he was the man for the moment, and uh, delivered in a way that uh, I, I guarantee you had dad and mom smiling, and and oh. uh the, the whole Hutchison clan it was uh, yeah. it was amazing before I let you go uh, we need to uh, talk about this all these coaching craziness that's out there right now I'm I'm yeah. hearing uh, Mr Tomatohead from uh, Notre Dame maybe <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe wearing his uh, LSU stripes before long and uh, what what's going on here.
2: Uh, Well, Notre Dame. Here's a problem with Notre. It's not a problem with Notre Dame. It's just a philosophy about Notre Dame. Notre Dame doesn't want to pay because of their, you know, their their value system at Notre Dame. They don't want to pay a coach a ton of money. You know, they just soon pay pay somebody four or five thousand. That's why they might just, you know, just promote Marcus Freeman. Their DC, Uh, Brian Kelly. I'm hearing some rumblings of some. Some uh you know double digit million per year stuff from pretty good sources. Um, highest paid coach uh by a few over Nick Saban. And, and then so I mean, I'm hearing that. Uh this is crazy. What's happening in college football is nuts. I mean, this stuff that that Brian Kelly might ink uh might be at Belichick level. I mean, so uh and Urban Meyer will become sprinting back to college football after this. Um, I, you know, I, I kid you not. I, I, I don't, it's this donor driven thing that we saw at Michigan state. I mean, Michigan state, you know, with Mel Tucker, the, it, you know, up until, uh, or yesterday, the second highest paid coach, uh, in college football with such a, you know, a dinky sample size, of four wins over winning teams. Um, I, I don't get it. I don't know if it's good. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, it's the way it's going to be. And this thing I think Riley going to USC, you know, and who knows, you know, what's going to happen with a Notre Dame job and and where Luke Fickle might end up going. Is he going to go to OU? Musical chairs. I think we're going to see more demonstrative changes in college football, John, this year than we have in a long, long time in terms of head coaching positions.
1: Yeah. Well, I think Mel Tucker's, uh, contract was all about not four wins over winning teams but two wins over Michigan in two years no, but uh there you go you, know, you nailed it that uh, that means a lot and and meanwhile Michigan's coach is giving his bonus uh, money back to the yep. athletic department for people that uh just ordinary folks in the AD that uh that That was perfect cut back on their uh pay yeah that that was a that was an, excre- an extremely uh, strong gesture on the part of uh, Jim Harbaugh and and uh, Sarah his wife but uh we're going to we're looking forward to Saturday night. obviously we'll have Tom Crawford in <laughs> among the folks and so uh, looking looking forward to seeing that maybe uh maybe Crawford will uh leap the rail and and storm the yeah. field when it's all over with
2: <laughs> I'll give you that fan perspective John, I, I got to admit to you, even though we were nice and cozy up there in the box, uh, a part of me was like frustrated. I wasn't out there freezing my butt off, just enjoying that ambiance. Because even through the glass, hearing through the glass, you could tell it was at another level at the corner of Stadium in Main. And I'm just so glad all those people enjoyed it. It looked like a wonderful time down there.
1: Well, there you go. You you'll uh, enjoy it in Indianapolis, but you're going to have to bring your own snow. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom Crawford, again, thanks for being with us. We'll talk again next week.
2: Always a pleasure, John. Appreciate it having me on.